How many are ready to grow today in the Lord? You know, our, the title today is Homeland Security. Um, it's obviously a playoff of uh, the real Homeland Security where they have a bunch of, of lights that determine risk factor. Of course, they're coming against the insurgents um, or the uh, aggressors, whatever term you use, or the terrorists. I like terrorists. I don't know, it just fits better, doesn't it, than the insurgents? How many like terrorists? <laughs> Not like terrorists, but the term. You know, it, it, just, it just works. You know, when, when someone is out to try to blow you up, I'm sorry, I don't look for nice terms. They're like my buddies, my comrades. No, they're terrorists, they're enemies. How many say amen to this? When you got an enemy who's coming after you, whether it's your house, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your family, whether it's your walk with God, it's an enemy. It's coming to get you. And guess what? Those lights, those, those warning signs, they get higher. It starts at low, perfectly safe, and up to danger about to be killed. It's severe. You know, and, and there are there are varying degrees, and we're going to kind of walk through that this, in these next eight weeks. I'm going to focus today on, on the what I call the man of God, call of duty. Who is this man of God, and what's, what's God expect of him? What's God called him to be? It's a calling from the Lord, and it's a blessing. And it's not just aimed, you know, at men. You know, there is no male nor free, no Gentile, male nor female. Um, we are all one in Christ. Isn't that true? And God has this call. We have different roles, but God wants us to be strong in the Lord. Woman of God, man of God. Even next week when Jody is going to be speaking on a woman 2.0, poison power, she's going to be using the Proverbs and the Psalms, you know, talking about the, the woman who is wisdom and the woman who is the fool. And talking about getting our families in order with the wisdom that God has for us. So it's homeland security, being there to serve and protect your family. Now, you may look at these lights, green, you know, perfectly safe, guarded, slightly dangerous, elevated, moderately dangerous, or high, severe risk of family danger. Where do you think you are right now? Where's your family at right now? Let me just encourage you. God's on your side. He's going to help you no matter where you are. But it's good to kind of recognize it and say, Lord, man, I need help. You know, when it happens in our armed forces and we start to get to, you know, blue, green, it starts to go higher, you know, they start to arm, you know, their, our weapons. You know, more planes get in the air, you know, soldiers get deployed. You, get, you, you attack the problem, you prepare yourself. And the military around the clock is always looking to prepare themselves with the simple things like parts. Make sure you have parts. You know, for the Christian, it's, you know, do you have your Bible, you know? Do you have your heart in the right place? Are you talking to God on a regular basis? You don't want to all of a sudden on the day of battle, you know, be the soldier who walks in and goes, who's my commanding officer? Um, it's me. Where you been? I've been AWOL for a while. But you ready to fight? Yeah, but I don't know any of the formations. I don't know any tactics. I don't know anything. How many know that we need to be equipped to fight? Amen? And God would have us be equipped so that we go there and win. You know, we win. We're not called to lose. We're called to win in the Lord. Let's, let's pray and ask the Lord to open our hearts. Father, we come before you, and uh, we thank you for your mercies. Lord, they are new every morning. Lord, let no one here be condemned. Lord, let them have a healthy dose of conviction, Lord, and encouragement. Lord, that you're on their side. You are drawing us close to you, Lord, because you care about us. I pray that you draw us close to you. I pray for the men, Lord, that you would not convict them so, Lord, they just feel like, oh, they all fall short, because we all fall short. Help us to be strengthened so that we can grow in who we are. Lord, you know us. You've created us. You designed us, Lord. You're the one who equips us. Lord, we put our confidence in you. And so, Lord, guide us and inspire us, Lord, to grow. Lord, and I, I pray that there'd be men of conviction all over this room. Lord, that wouldn't be discouraged, Lord, because of the past, wouldn't be beaten by it, Lord, but that would regroup, look at the tactics, make a mark, Lord, engage the fight and win. And I pray, Lord, that you'd strengthen us toward those goals, Lord, in the name of Jesus, through your word. If you agree, can you say amen? Okay, man of God, call of duty. You can put that next slide up there. Um, I put, a, there's a little bit, uh, um, there's a, a little uh, QR code that's something we're going to be using in the future. It's active today. Um, in the future, uh, you can go on our website, 
click on the main theme and you'll see that QR code. All you have to do is take your iPhone or Droid or iPad with any little scanning software, there's a million of them on, on those app stores, and you scan it, and as soon as it scans it, it's going to take you directly to our notes for the, this particular Sunday, whatever Sunday it is. And it will then, you can then uh, write on there, and, and you can write your own notes and see all the notes. You'll have all the scriptures that I have will all be in there, and you can follow up and study it. Um, also, we'll have it as you walk in the door. We're going to try to find a place as you walk in. You can just scan by it. And no, there's not a number 666 on your head. It's just a scanning code for biblical notes. And you just scan it right there like you'd scan an apple. You just kind of put it on there. It's going to read it, and it's going to immediately take your iPad or whatever it is you have um, uh, to our notes. If it's a Windows machine, it'll crash, but then when it comes back online, <laughs> then, then you try it again. And on the third time, it'll take you right to the notes. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally teasing, but not really. <laughs> it, um, also, there is, put on the next slide over there, we also, there's, there, there you can go right there, that's the, um, the actual link that it takes you to if you want to see our notes. So, Men of God Call of Duty, before we get there, let me just say this, put it on that original Men of God slide. You know, you could just type in Safari's URL there, or in the search, Google search, and you could just say, Man of God, what does it take? And I guarantee you, there are probably 50 different sites at least that give you a list of what a man of God is. And you can go, man, he does this, and he does that, and he does that. And somehow, you look at that, and you can, I don't want you to get discouraged to go, man, I can't do that. There's just so many things. And I, I want to remind you that God knows who you are. Remember when he got a hold of you at the beginning, and you weren't ready at that time, and you didn't think you could do it? It's kind of like the beginning of football season. It's your first time playing. You don't know anything is. You don't know what tackling is. You don't know how to put your neck in, in the right spots. You're probably in more danger, you know, than ever before. But the coach kind of walks you through. He, he mentors you and he coaches you. And he teaches you how to stand. And he teaches you how to, how to strengthen yourself. And pretty soon, your neck starts to get stronger and you can handle more. As a soccer player, you know, I, you know, I was playing on the U.S. team in Japan and I remember our training was so disciplined. We, we practiced, you know, probably three to four hours a day. Well, we'd start with a five-mile run. With soccer, you just got to be able to run that much all the time. Five-mile run, bam, at the beginning of practice. And then a two-mile run at the end of practice, just every practice. So you're so conditioned. And you practice a lot of the same small skills over and over again until finally you can do it on the big stage. You can do it in, in front of, you know, for your team when it matters. When it, when it counts, for, in, in this case, for your country. Now, God wants to train us. He wants to coach us. He's trying to raise up, not trying like he's going to fail, but he's in the process of raising up men of God. How many want to be a man of God? Men, I'm talking to you specifically. Just say, I want to be a man of God. Okay, that's four of you. <laughs> Seriously. And, and, you know, four. And, and I just, you know... I was, how many have seen the player Ray Lewis? Now, now not, not everybody cares for Ray Lewis. Some people love him, some people hate him, and all that stuff. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. He stands up for what he believes. Amen, not true? Uh, I respect that. I respect that you at least stand for something. Now, God wants us to stand for him. And I'll just start with my first point, because this is it. Uh, I'm going to use the word mog for man of God. A man of God, number one, is a man of God. He is not a man of the world. He's not a man of the Renaissance. He's not a man of the culture. You know, he is not just a man's man. He is a man of God. When people know him, they're going, man, that guy loves God, or that guy walks with God, or he, he'll tell you about God. And I'm not talking about a preachy way. You know that this person is a man of God. I, I, I just quoted two of them here from the scriptures. The prayer of Moses, can everyone say with me, the man of God. There's no question. There goes Moses. What happened? He was talking to God. Hey, there goes Peter. They were with God. Those guys were with God. And, and Timothy, but you, man of God, you know, Paul's talking to his young disciple. I know who you are, Timothy. You're a man of God. Everybody knows it. In fact, he tells them, don't worry about your age. 
you know, you're a man of God whether you're 17, whether you're 13, and you could not be a man of God and be at church your whole life. You could be 60 years old and you're sitting around going, man, I just do my own thing. I'm talking about the man of God. You belong to God. Everybody knows who you are. And not for the sake of everybody knowing because you just trumpeted around. You just are God's man. You, in the morning, your heart is the Lord's. You're open to God's ways. I'm not talking about a perfect man. David was no perfect man, but he was a man of God. Moses, man, he had trials up and down. You know, he, he struck the rock and lost certain privileges. I mean, he was dealing with a difficult people. But can I tell you, Moses was a man of God. How many say amen? He was committed to God. It's kind of like with your wife. Everybody knows if you love your wife because it's the way you talk about her. It's the way, you know, you think about her. You love her. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, he loves all he loves his wife. And that's the way it should be. Your wife should know. She shouldn't wonder, man, is my love? Does he like me? You don't want that. When you live in this life, you're either the man of the world or the culture or the renaissance or you're the man of God. You're either the man of the world and let the world and chasing after all its things or you're the man of God who lives for God. How many say amen? Okay, one more time. How many want to be a man of God, honestly? Amen. Okay, let me talk about the man of God, okay? The man of God. The man of God, number one, the first part here after this one, and I just mentioned with Moses, he talks to God. The man of God talks to God. He doesn't go to his stock portfolio to find out how his finances are doing. He goes to God and says, Lord, how am I doing with you? You got me? Yes. He'll take care of my resources. How many say amen? He'll take, it doesn't mean you don't trade stock. It doesn't mean you don't trade options. It doesn't mean you don't invest in businesses. It just means that the man of God doesn't have his hope there. He talks to God. He gets his instructions from God. He communicates with God. When everyone else is searching advice of the gurus, he turns to the master guru of all time. And he talks with God. That's why it's the prayer of Moses. Moses talked with God. You know why Joshua followed Moses? Because he was in the tent just like Moses was in the tent. Every time you see that in the text, Moses was with God. Moses would take off and tell the people, and it would say, and Joshua remained in the tent. And sure enough, when Moses dies, God says, hey, Joshua, just like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. You know, be with him. You know, this makes such a huge difference. I think of the executive who's the CEO of his company, you know, and right next to him is maybe an assistant. And I had an assistant when I worked at the learning company and Mattel, I was a creative director and had a lot of people report to me, a lot of different directors, managers, and I ran a pretty big operation. You know, we we're a, a billion-dollar company. And I had this one assistant named Star Stevenson. And she was just to help me. She'd, she'd, whenever I needed to go somewhere, she'd be right there with me telling me what to do. And, you know, finally toward the end, I go, what's your dream, Star? Uh, you know, I asked her at the beginning. She goes, I, I want to be a producer, an executive producer, run something really big and I feel like I can be responsible and I go okay and I go just hang with me and watch what I'm doing and just partner with me and eventually you'll just be able to do what I'm doing and sure enough on the last day I'm really on my last day when I when I came God called me to be going to full-time ministry it's a I remember she got the job it was probably maybe it was about a year before that she got the job as producer went all the way up she became an executive producer and why? She was a secretary, basically. But she was a secretary who knew what she wanted to do, and she was committed to it. You know, I think the man of God is the same way. You start to hang around God enough, and pretty soon you know what he's thinking. Amen? You know, I've counseled people where I've been going, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? I'm not sure what to say. Give me your wisdom. Give me your wisdom. And all of a sudden I go, I know what God wants to say. And then I've heard God say it several times through his word, and pretty soon I go, I know what the Lord's saying in this. And I go, and it's kind of like, right, Lord? It's like, right, that's right. It's in the right direction. How many want to have a tight walk with God? Men, you can either be, again, a man of the world, a man of the culture, a man of the renaissance or the latest thing, or you could be the man of God, where people know that's the man of God, where he goes. You know, in the Old Testament, they used to have kings and leaders and statesmen they'd go what does the man of god say 
You know, they'd go about to go into, milita- into war, and the general would stop and go, what did the man of God say? And they go, let's get Elijah. And Elijah died. They go, let's get Elisha. You know, let's, what did he say? And they go, what, man of God, what do we do? And he goes, man, I talked to God. He said, don't fight. You're going to lose. And of course, you'd have the one king. You'd go, well, we've got a huge army. What do you mean we're going to lose? Have you seen my stock portfolio? I got Apple, Home Depot. I got Kmart. Well, that thing's going nowhere. Right? How many know that stocks go up and stocks go down? Right? And no matter how much you watch them, you watch it and you go, man, there it goes. It's going. We're making money. We're, we're, oh, we're not making money. But it's down. We better invest again. Maybe it's going up, baby. It's going up. It's going up. Oh, it's going down. It's going down. It's going, you know, come on. Come on. How many have been there? Right? Listen, no matter what you do with, with stocks, it's been a long time since I've invested regularly in stocks, but I'll tell you right now, put your hope in God. He's a sure bet. How many say amen? amen? Listen, the man of God talks to God. The man of God, he answers to God. The next one. And I, I love this with Job, where Job, God comes to Job and he says, hey, brace yourself like a man. I'll question you and you shall answer me. You know, we don't answer just to men. We don't answer just to boards and corporations when we're in companies. We don't just answer to the consumer. What is the customer like so that we make sure our business is doing well? We answer to God, the man of God. Amen? We answer to him. We answer to what his question is. We answer to him. That's what the man of God lives like. The next one, the man of God, he chases God's heart. He's trying to find out what the Lord is like. He, he wants to know what he's thinking about. And I put this scripture off, and this is right after God removes Saul and he makes David king. And it says that God testifies concerning David. And this is what he says about him. He says, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Listen to this. He will do everything I want him to do. This is a, this is a man who's committed. I mean, when, when he gets into the battle... His brothers who are super equipped, they're strong and all that, they totally flake out. They won't take the Philistine down. I'm telling you, there are people that are sitting in chairs right now that you have seen the giant Goliath come to your door 20 times. And your wife's probably waiting, when are you taking this thing down? And it's like you look out there and there he is. There he is again. Yeah, I don't know if I can take him. I mean, let me check it out. I don't know how many push-ups I can do. Look at him. Look at David's psalm because he's God's man. And he says, this battle's the Lord's and he's taking him down. Amen. Amen? Amen. There is a point when the man of God gets his instructions. He chases God's heart and he'll do what he wants him to do. You, you know, I, I, I think about the life of the church and how it's viewed in society. And it's kind of like, it's a, it looks pathetic. I sometimes watch, you, you see a sitcom or something, it's like, the life of the church is like, you have this one priest up there, or some man of God kind of talks, and everybody kind of goes, hallelujah, and they kind of go home. Listen, our lives, if we're really men and women of God, is to be centered in on our relationship with the Almighty God. Amen? He lives in us. He has a destiny for us. He's created us for specific things. We walk with Him in power. This is the destiny of the man of God, the woman of God. We are called to walk with him. Amen? Amen. Listen, and we chase his heart. So we, we, we talk to him. We answer to him. We chase him. This is what the man of God does. His life is about that. I, I love Jeremiah's prophecy. It's not up there, but it says, I'll give you shepherds after my own heart. He's talking about the New Testament. They'll lead you with knowledge and understanding. In other words, they'll know you. I remember... Uh, my pastor's name is Stuart Nice. He lives in um, Cupertino, California. And I remember when I first got saved. Um, now, I got saved, and at the time, you know, I'd been a professional athlete, and then I was a coke, cocaine dealer, and I'd come to Christ. I'd, one of the guys I sold to got busted um, and then set me up for a bust, and I sold a pound of cocaine to a police officer. And those of you who've been to a pastor's dessert kind of know our story. And I remember when I first came to Christ, it was in the midst of that, 
wasn't that situation, but it was in the midst of that afterwards where God really started showing me the emptiness of my life, that no matter how many cars I had, how many this and that I had, I was miserable. And I was raised pretty much an atheist. Um, and so I knew that there was, I didn't believe that there was any God. And when I first walked into the life of the church, I remember her sitting there with Pastor Stu and, and just talking with him about God. And at the end of my conversation, I thought to myself, I go, this guy knows God. It's like, I, I just talked to somebody who knows God. It's like, he's just not talking about God. He's not just reading books. He's going, he was telling me, he goes, man, the Lord's like that. You, you know, I, I, I praise God that I am that person now. Are, are you that person now? Are you the person who, who knows God, who's been with God? It's like, I start my day with God. Lord, Lord, what's going on? And what's going on in your kingdom? Because I'm about the, the kingdom's business, says the Lord. And I want to be a part of that kingdom. You think the Lord can't provide? Absolutely he can. But, but, but I'm telling you, we have churches full of people that don't trust God. And I'm not trying to rebuke you. I'm telling you that they don't trust God. The, the, the big courage is to get to church on Sunday. Man, I came, and I'm glad you came. But become a man of God. Be a person who belongs to God, amen? You, you walk up in the morning. You know, I had last, last week, I talked about finances. Not If you're here for the first time, I don't talk about finances every week. But I, I talked about it last week, and I talked about putting it first like I were talking about it today. And I said, put your time, your talent, your treasure first to God. That's what I said. And I was talking to someone afterwards. They were writing a check out, and I thought to myself, I hope for their sake that this is their life and not just an emotional moment because they heard me convicted, convict them and they thought it might be a quick blessing and get it back. I go hope. Now I looked at the person and I said, I hope for your sake. And I just said what I just said. Because the man of God trusts his money with God. Amen. Amen? He, he walks forward and he trusts it. I guarantee if your family is struggling round and round the mulberry bush and you go, man, we never have enough time, give your time to God first. And I trust me, your family will have more time than you can imagine. You want to take your resources? You go, man, we're struggling all the time. Put your resources to God sacrificially and you watch that God promises, give and it shall be given to you. A promise by God. Um, how many say amen to this? Listen, if you think that we're just trying to take your money, I, my wife says don't say this, but give it to a different church, okay? Just to make yourself feel better so you go, I didn't, I made sure it wasn't Eric, I gave it somewhere else. Now the Bible does say bring it to the storehouse, so you want to bring it to the, you want to bring it to the place that God has called you. And, and you know, here's the, here's the thing, you're not giving it to an organization, you're giving it to the Lord himself. You, it's as if you're presenting it, like I said last week, on the counter before him to go, Lord, here it is. Okay? So the, 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 the man of God trusts God. He chases after God's heart. He's willing to do it. All his things, the first fruits of his life are the Lord's. Amen? Okay? You know, I don't know how to say this any stronger. But if you're stuck, release that because I, I, used to, I remember it was about four or five weeks ago I said to somebody I, I struggled when I first gave and I did and Jody goes we well, got to be careful how you tell that story and I go why and she goes you only struggled for a couple weeks and then and then you did it and you've done it for almost 28 30 years right you know it's kind of like when I had a bunch of friends and they were jumping off this really high cliff and they I watched a bunch of guys walk up to the cliff and it was really high off the ocean in Santa Cruz and they jump off, and, you know, every one of my friends there looking around, they're going, man, they were sitting up there for like 10, 15 minutes, like, should we jump? And I just sat there, and I looked, and I go, I'm either going to jump or I'm not going to jump. But I'm not climbing up there and climbing down. So I just climbed up there, I got to the end, and I just go, see you later, and off I went. And I go, if I die, I die. There's sometimes you just got to risk it, amen? I mean, you just got to go for it. I mean, imagine you're a soldier and you're going into battle and you're on this kind of, you know, fast kind of a American blitzkrieg going in there quick. There's times in the battle where you're going to be more effective by being fast and furious and quick so the enemy doesn't know what's happening. 
Because it's boom, 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 you're in the door. Boom, boom, boom. Everyone knows what they're doing. It's coordinated. Okay, you're inspecting a house or you're making an assault on something. Your own fear is saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. I don't know if I can do it. When you start hesitating, you're not in control of what's going on. The man of God hears the commands of God and does it. Listen, I am pleading with you to trust God with your life. Woo! I'm telling you, man, you, I'm telling you, don't, don't clap for me, but praise God. I'm telling you, I am being an honest pastor with you. I am telling you the truth. Because this is something that as a church and as a people, we can't be hesitant. We got to be the people that trust God. We're going for it. Amen? I'm serious. I don't even want to be a part of compromising. Do you? How many say amen? amen? Listen, the man of God, number two, represents God. He represents what God is doing. In other words, they inquire, the king, the leader, the statesman says, what does God say? And the man of God says, I've been with God. He told me. I, I told you all throughout the Old Testament, they come to God, they ask what's going on. The man of God represents. I, I love this. The woman says to Elijah, now I know that you are a, can everyone say man of God? And that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. In other words, you're going to get God's advice from this person. Next one. First Peter says, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. In other words, we are responsible to answer from Scripture. And not just where someone says, hey, how's it going? And you go, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. You're not just quoting Scripture, but you might go, hey, how you doing, man? I hope God's blessings are on you. I've been praying for you. And so you're quoting. That's grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ from Galatians 1. And, and I just said it to them. Hey, the love of God be with you. Now, now I'm quoting Ephesians 2, right? Someone goes, man, I'm not sure what to do. Hey, listen, God's got you covered. Ephesians 2, 6 through 8. You are saved by grace through faith. As it is the gift of God. It's not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. How many know what I'm talking about? I, I, I'm quoting scripture. I'm... I, I'm I'm talking from the heart of God. The man of God is responsible and the woman of God to represent the Lord. Listen in contrast. Listen to what God says in Psalm 50 here. He says to the wicked, and he's talking to the one who doesn't trust him. What right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. This is King David where he'd come across a people that were kind of using God's quotes like the Pharisees and the Sadducees of, of his day. They were kind of making it sound that they were really followers, but they weren't doing anything God wanted them to do. They were just using it for their own benefit. He's going, God's going, don't even talk about my ways. You don't really care about them. It's like, I know you. You chase the world. You chase your own life and your own you know, dreams and goals rather than being God's man. Listen, there's no, there's no, there's no compromise here. You want to be a man of God? Let's, if I said right now, men of God stand up, I'm not going to. I, mean, I will, I might at the end. But it's just a man of God stand up. You stand up and go, man, I'm God's man. And your wife's going to go, yep, definitely. Or it's your first time, but you want to. Your wife's going to go, whoa. How many know what I'm talking about? This is it. You become the man of God. If there's one thing I wanted for my boys raising them up is be men of God. You know, if they're, you know, they have a totem pole, you know, in a, in a village where it kind of represents what you're about. The very top one in our family is God's first. End of story. Amen. Amen. Preach it. <laughs> and then the thing is, and the next one is, I want them to learn geometry. No, I want them to know what the Bible says about life. That was number two. Yeah, but what about the curriculum of the Draper Elementary School? I don't care. It's important, but I care about the Word of God first. How many say amen? amen? And then I wanted them to be worshipers, that they would know who God was and enter a relationship. And then you want them to go to med school? No, I want them to be musicians, because we are. And then, you know what I wanted? I said, I want you to be what God wants you to be, and that's it. 
I don't care what it is. If it's a doctor, if it's an evangelist, if it's a preacher, you know what I mean? If it's a yoga instructor, I don't care. But be what God wants you to be. How many say amen? You are God's man. You are God's woman. You wake up and you're ready to do it. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, is God-breathed and useful for, can everyone just say teaching? These are, the, the man of God represents God, so he does it the way he instructs. He says, this is how you do it, okay? He, he teaches, and it's also modeling. Watch me do it and live it so you can know what to do. You model it for people. And then the next one is, is rebuke, rebuking. In other words, you know people and God's telling you you got to rebuke them. Sometimes it's got to be, you know what? You know, you got to take ownership for this. You blew it. How, how many know what I'm talking about here? Sometimes people blow it and you got to tell them. Go, hey, how's it going? Dude, you blew it. Right? So, husbands and wives. Husbands, sometimes... You, it's not your wife that you need. Sometimes it's a friend that you need that goes, hey, you're being a lousy husband right now. Come on, you got to shape up. And you just need to hear it from somebody else. Do you guys agree with this? Iron sharpens iron. It's rebuke. You blew it. Take ownership. Get better. I'm on your team. You know, when you coach football, and especially when you're teaching the offensive line, and you're trying to get them in a certain stance, and, and they're going in there, and they're doing it like five times, ten times. They keep going in there, and you want to give instruction. You don't, go, you don't go like this. You don't go, all right, you guys, let's stop for a second. Um, okay, can you kind of put your elbows in and kind of center yourself a little bit? And can, you might do that a couple times, but most of the time you're going to be going, boom! You're going to go, all right, hold on. Move this around. Move your butt on the side. Okay, you ready? Try it again. Go. Hey, put your back down. Get your helmet in there. And that's how you learn, amen? Because you're in the heat of battle. You're not storming in some place with another soldier and your sergeant goes, hey, excuse me, Johnny, I just want to talk to you a little bit. You know the night vision you're using? Yeah. You got to turn it on! <laughs> no, you get this, you're going to hit your chest. Boom, what? Put your night vision goggles on, we're about to go in. That's what it's like to get instruction in the battle, Right? How do you say amen to this? Listen, and this is part of it. It's like it's rebuking. It's correcting. Correcting while you're going for it. The man of God has got to be ready for this, and he's got to be ready to hear it too. And then training. Let's try it again until we win. When, when you don't get it right, just turn to someone and say, you do it again. Turn to someone again. Because you guys didn't do that very well at all. Turn to someone and say, you try it and do it again until you get it right. Everybody understands what training is. Right? The first time your kids do homework, they, you know, they get work that they have to do and they go, we have to do all this homework. They, don't, they rarely come home. There's, there's a few kids, but they rarely come home and go, I'm so excited about homework. I did this assignment. I was told to read a book, but I read five books. There's that one kid. He's got other social issues, right, <laughs> that he's struggling with. But no, most of the time, you're training this kid. You're going to go, homework's good for you. You got to try it again. And pretty soon, he doesn't see the benefit is, and he starts to get the benefit. Go, man, you see when you got it this time? You don't give up and go, my kid just doesn't like homework. What you do is you train him, amen? It's called the man of God. The man of God is trainable, okay? Now, number three, the man of God is a fleeing man, according to Timothy. Um, before, I'm going to read the beginning of this. It says, we brought nothing into the world, and we could take nothing out of it. Is that true? Anything you brought into this world, except for your slime, you know, from the womb? Not much. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and in a trap and in a many foolish, harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. It's interesting because this, this scripture to the man of God that I'm kind of expositing a little bit here, it's not people who are rich. Most people who are rich, they know that money is not the answer. You know, if not, they're about to find out. But 
but it's people who want to get rich. They fall into temptation. It's not that there's something wrong with money, but the problem is, guys, we cannot be chasing after it. You know, I'm, I am preaching to a young Eric. You know, the young Eric always had a new scheme. Pete will tell you. I always had a new scheme how we could make money. When I was a thief and a robber before I came to Christ, and I, I was, I, I was, I was going to become a jewel thief because I thought it was small. And then I became a drug dealer. And I went down all the bad routes. I am the poster boy for don't do this. Okay? But you know what? Now I'm pastoring in Utah because God changed my life. How many say amen? amen. How many has God changed your life? Amen. He's made a difference. And we don't want to be chasing all these things. We make the kingdom focus. And he says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. It's not like they lost their salvation. It says they've just wandered from it. It's like they're going, I'm God's man, I'm God's man. And they go, yeah, but I wonder if. And they just kind of drift. And pretty soon they're going, "Ah, I'm not even sure where I'm doing, where I'm going. And they start pursuing all this stuff. They go, yeah, I'm doing it for the kingdom. But they, they lose track of their walk with God. And pretty soon when they wake up, they're getting their meeting going. And they're getting their brainstorm going. They get all that stuff going. But they forget that they're, the, they're a man of God. That they're, they're getting their instructions from the Lord. Uh, you know, God taught me this when I was in business. I'd sit outside the company or I'd get to the company early. And I would just walk into the building and, and then it's, I added one friend, then I added another friend, and pretty soon it was just like four or five of us, and we would just walk through our whole company before anyone got there and just said, Lord, this is your company. What do you want to do? And, and I'm, I'm telling you, we probably saw 50 or 60 people come to Christ in that place. It's amazing. I get emails from people now that says, man, I remember you used to always talk about God, and, and I, didn't, I didn't always know what you were talking about, but, but it may put me on the quest. And here I am, I know the Lord. And God used not just me, but lots of different people. Listen, 1 Timothy, the man of God is a fleeing person. We got to run from the chase after prosperity and trust God. He will prosper us. Amen? You got to not chase the blessing of the world, fame, fortune, and just get the fame before the Lord. A good name is more desirable than riches. Amen? The next group, it says here, but you, man of God, it says, love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, but you, man of God, flee from all this. Run away. Flee from the sexual immorality. There's a compromise there that wants to challenge your sexuality and, and make it focused and keep it for God. And fleeing from idolatry, where, where you start to have, you know, something that rises above the, your interest in God. You know, I love the NFL. I'm a football fan. But don't, it's not on the same par with God. You could take the NFL and flush it down the toilet. I have my God. He's way more important. Having said that, I'm looking forward to the draft. Okay? Because it's not an idol for me. It's not. I can dump it and, and leave it. It doesn't matter. God's first. I'll dump a football game to spend time with someone who needs somebody in the Lord any day. You know, I, 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 I kind of narrowed it down to three things that we flee from, and that's, I'll give you what the three things are. It's not on my notes, but I wrote it afterwards. It's really the acrostic men. Say it with me. Say money. And this is the prosperity that we chase, thinking that we're in control of it. Number two, can everyone say my eyes? My eyes. It's the lust of the eyes. Check her out. Check the, him out. If it's, or it could, for either gender, it could be. You know, watch out, look at that. It's the lust of the eyes, and it's also what I could have. I wish I had that house. I wish I had that car. You know, I drive in my red truck, and every once in a while, I'll look around, and I go, I wish I had a better car. And then, and then I just think to myself, and I go, this is the car I deserved. It really is. It's the perfect car. I deserve the worst car. <laughs> I really do. I mean, some people just deserve the worst car. I deserve the worst car. And, and the reason is, is because the minute I get a better car, you, you know, then, then I start to take advantage of it. I go, man, I got this car. This is a cool car. And, and I've had that in my past life. I don't want a great car. I want a crummy car. Okay? 
because it's my statement that I want God. Amen? It's my statement. Look at my crummy car. And, you know, when I worked at the, as, a, as an executive and I was making a lot of money at the time, you know, can I tell you? I always had the worst car in the parking lot. Pete will tell you. It was the worst car in the parking lot, and everybody else had all these fancy cars, but there's something about it. It's money, it's, and then your eyes, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the Bible says. And then the third one is negativity. This is where you look down on yourself. You know, I shared this with Jody, um, um, you know, over a period of time in our marriage because God reminded me of this. I, I told you that, you know, I love my father. He was a great coach, but he had a, an anger issue and did not know how to discipline his kids. And he was um, over the top, way over the top. Um, I'll just say it that way. And I, I remember as a young kid, I was probably eight, nine years old, and I would walk into the mirror and I'd look at the mirror because that, that N word there is negativity. I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd go, you piece of, mm. and I'd go, you're a loser. And I'd just start shouting at myself and I'd get close up. I remember eye to eye looking at myself and I'd go, you're nothing. You are ugly. And I'd say all kinds of things to myself, cursing myself because that's how I felt. Because it was that word that was used. You know, he'd say a piece of, you're a piece of that. And I remember coming to Christ and people saying, God loves you and you put your head up to God. And I go, I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. I ain't taking a chance on that. I look up, I'm going to get in trouble. And I'm telling you, it took a long time for the Lord to let me see who I really am. In him. Can I tell you who I am? I am a man of God. I am. I am. I am a man of God. No one can take that from me. I am, you can kill me, but I am God's man. I am flawed. I, got, I make mistakes, but I am God's man. And I, and I am the man of God who follows him. I don't want to say I'm a favorite God's man. I don't mean it that way. How many know that you're God's favorite? God loves you. Turn to your man, if you're a woman, or you see a man around you, and tell him you are called to be a man of God. Just look at him. Now, men, you should say it yourself. Just say, I am a man of God. Listen, what else is there? You know, I work for the learning company, and it, you know, I watched it go from 30 people to 4,500 people, okay, from the ground up. I was in the first startup companies, and we were just getting funding. Can I tell you? I was never the learning company man. Who cares? That's not something on my deathbed. I'm going to go, man, I'm glad I made Reader Rabbit. <laughs> Thank God for Oregon Trail. You know, I'm proud of those games. A lot of people played them. You know, I'm proud of Carmen Sandiego and some of the games we put out there, you know, but you know what? And a lot of people, I meet people all the time, well, man, I played those and I go, I built those. And I go, but you know what? I don't care about that. What I care about is the thing that the Lord was telling me about, what God was directing. Man of God. How many say amen? amen. Listen, men, the negativity is the definition that somehow you're not good enough. Welcome to the boat. Welcome to the show. Everyone say the cross is enough. Jesus died for our sins so that we could be saved and so that we could become who we're supposed to be, men of God, called to the duty of the Lord. The man of God, I'm almost done here. The fourth is a running man. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue. Say it with me, pursue. Pursue righteousness. He gives a whole list, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, all the look like God stuff. You know, I love in Judges where the man of God comes and, and, and the gal says, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. He was awesome. And it's kind of like, what happened? He came, but he had the answers we needed. It was like an angel himself. It's like walking in when you're praying for somebody and you watch what the Lord is doing. And you see that the Lord is doing. We are called men of God. Proverbs 15, 9 says, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue, run after, 
righteousness. So we flee from the world and the, cult and the culture that's trying to define us to a spreadsheet look. You know, you fit into this mold. We follow after God. We are men of God. We are women of God. And we pursue, instead of fleeing from all that, instead, we pursue righteousness. Put on the next slide. Seek first his kingdom and his what? That's right. All these things will be given to you as well. God's saying, you worried about money? Don't worry about it. I got it. Pursue righteousness. We make it our aim to please him. Be watchful. Stand on the fir firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. This is Paul saying, Paul's in prison for his faith. He's standing up, going up the ladder of kings and, and rulers until he's finally above Festus and Felix and a King Agrippa, sharing his testimony. Why? Because he's a man of God and everybody knew it. That, and we're not doing it for the reputation. And number five, the man of God can handle everything. And it says, the word of God gives us equipping, training, correcting, rebuking. Why? So that, can everyone say with me, the man of God. The man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You can do all things through God. And I'm going to just, I'm just going to give you a list of these, but these are ones that we're going to tackle in this next eight weeks. The man of God loves his wife. He leads his family, not as a dictator, but as a team player. He impacts the kingdom. In other words, he takes responsibility for things in the life of the church. He stands well in the workplace. He leaves a legacy. You know, through the years, I've seen people, even in the life of the church, step up to the plate. And I see it all around. I just, I'll watch, it's either a message like this or someone just gets convicted and they call, call up and they go, you know what, I'm going to take that ministry over. And they know whatever ministry they take over is lousy. That's why God's put it on their heart. And they go, you know what, I'm going to make this into something. And the next thing you know, that thing's rocking. And, 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 you know, and people come up to me and they go, hey, that's really cool ministry, as if I had anything to do with it. And can I tell you, God, if God can raise up something like this in the life of the church, imagine your family like this. Imagine a family full of men and women of God. That is a family that cannot be conquered. How many say amen? It's a church. It's a community. It's a business that's run that says we're followers of God. And we're going to do it God's way. You know, and I could give you list after list that, that goes this way. Put on the last slide. This is where we're going next week. Woman 2.0, power and poise. This is with Jody. If you want to know who's the better communicator in our house, Jody is by far. And you really enjoy her. Men, this is not something that you just want to step out in. It's talking about the wise and the foolish choices. And then I'm going to be talking about two things. I'm going to be talking about a life of honor as a family. How to bring it in your family. And then the fourth week, I'm going to be talking about parenting and parenting. And then we're going to follow up with a parenting weekend. That's March 15th and 16th. Go to our website, hit the events. I, parents, I'm going to tell you right now, you should go to this. Well, I can't. We're so busy and blah, blah, blah. I know. You got to go to your soccer practice and watch your kid misbehave on the field. Why don't you just call the coach and say, I am going to go to this parenting class and call up your cousin to pick him up. For that one hour, he'll be all by himself on the soccer field with his cousin. And you come to the parenting class and become the parent you're supposed to be. Amen? And make the sacrifice and say, you know what? I'm going to learn how to parent. And I promise you, and I want to encourage you, if you don't have kids and you're never going to have kids, or you're past the age, I encourage you to go too, because you're always near people who have kids. And number two is you're going to learn how God is parenting you, because that's what we're going to talk. We're going to talk about becoming the godly parent. And it's not the perfect parent. It's becoming who you are in your parenting. How many want to be yourself in parenting? Let God free you from all these rules, and let him bring you to a person who follows after the Spirit. Why don't you close your eyes? We're going to close with this. And I just all around this room, I just want to call out to the men of God. Man of God, you know who you are. Or you're the person that says right now, I want to be a man of God. It's a simple question. If you want to be your own man, I run my life, I do my own thing. That's one thing. 
You want to be a church man and just follow a bunch of church rules. That's another thing. I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying, who wants to be a man of God? Between you and God, I want to be a man of God. I'm God's man. I want to be available to God in my heart, my mind, my soul. It's, I'm not asking you if you're a perfect man. I already know you're not, because I'm not. I'm just saying if you want to be a man of God, one who partners in this life with God and partners in the afterlife throughout eternity with God because God is yours and you are his. If that's you all around this room, I'm just asking the men. If you want to be a called, you answer the call to man of God to say, yes, that's you. I want to be the man of God. I am the man of God. I want you to stand up with me. I'm standing up. I'm already standing up, but I'm acting out my own thing. And Father God, and I just want you to, the Bible says, men of God, lift up holy hands. Paul says it. First Timothy. Lift up holy hands, men of God. And we say, Lord, we are available to the ways that you have. Lord, teach me, if you're married, teach me to love my wife. Lord, teach me how to lead my family. Lord, my family is your family. I give it to you. And just put your hands out over your family right now. Just, if they're not here, then just symbolically, if they are here, just put your hands over them and say, be the priest and say, Lord, bless my family. Heal their hearts Restore their relationships. Teach them how to answer the call. I am the man of God in this house, in this life. I am the man of God before you. And Lord, we answer the call. Blessings on our family. Lord, legacy. Don't go by what you see. Go by what you believe that God can do. You're a man of faith. You're justified by faith. You receive the spirit by faith. Now walk in faith. The man who is righteous lives by faith. And Lord, we put our trust, our family in you. And then just raise your hands and say, Lord, I put my calling, my future. Lord, the battles that I have to fight to victorious endings, I give it to you. Make me the man of God. And maybe it's bondage. You're stuck in lust or pride or greed or alcoholism. You're struggling. Don't sit down and say, I'm not a man of God. Say, Lord, I'm a man of God who needs to see victory in these areas. Lord, I'm the man of God who needs to see deliverance. I'm the man of God who's calling out for obedience to your ways. But I am a man of God. Draw me near to you. Thank you for the cross that you've delivered me from all my sins through the work of Christ. I answer the call. And if you're around that man of God, would you bless the man of God and say, Lord, anoint the man of God. Fill him with your power. Fill them with your anointing, Lord. Fill them with your touch. Rise them up to places that they couldn't have done. David can't be King David without God. Moses can't be the mighty prophet without God. Pray for them, and Lord, we release them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let the blessings go to the whole family. Lord, the strong women of God that we talk about next week, filled with power, promise, poise. The Lord, touch them, bless them. Lord, fill them with your spirit and let it go down to each generation. If you're young here and you stood up, you're a young man and you stood up, don't let anyone look down at you because you're age. You know the calling you have and who knows the power that God wants to unleash. And can everyone say in Jesus' name, In Jesus' name, amen.